classic 80s metal. Symphonic death metal opera. But I've got to be in the mood to listen to Black Sabbath. Many of our listeners weren't even born then. Back for Chicago, very progressive. I can see there are thrash elements. You are a metal paradox. A stunning vision of death metal. I would listen to it over and over and over again today. It just seems so dated. I hear this more as operatic and goth. Florianton will surpass Halford as the iconic heavy metal singer. You're listening to The Great Metal Debate Podcast. Metalheads, welcome in to the Great Metal Debate Podcast. You can talk to us by tweeting at Metal Debate or send us an email to thegreatmetaldebate at gmail.com. We're here at episode 43, November 2016. I'm your PhD level metal professor, Gomtog, joined by the ultimate tardy held back student of metal, Brian. <laughs> PhD of metal. That's freaking hilarious, man. Just make it up as you go. That's what we should do. Brian, you receive a PhD after 10,000 hours of study on a topic. I'm willing to say here and now that I've spent more than 10,000 hours over the years listening to metal. I, I'm not going to name what I've spent 10,000 hours doing, but let's just say I've listened to a lot of metal. Well, we're here in November. There's a little chill in the air. I just got back from vacation. Brian, I know that you just got back from a couple of awesome concerts. Yeah, I've had a good month, man. Uh, uh, most recently, I was at Louisville at a, at a little, a very cool little venue called Brewski's uh, in Louisville on the south uh, side of Louisville, uh, run by a local kind of legend, Louis the Local Guy from the radio. Uh, and I saw a benefit show, and this is the first benefit show that I've been to, and it was a concert with nine bands on the bill, all dedicated to raising money for the lead singer of one of the bands, a band called Kingslayer, and the lead singer was Chris Leone. Chris recently was diagnosed with MS due to some symptoms he started uh, experiencing. Then the medical bills were mounting up, and so the guys that know him kind of got together and put this show together. And I'm telling you, dude, it was a night of metal and metal brotherhood and sisterhood. It was an amazing show, and I loved every minute of it. I mean, you start the bill out with some of the local bands, a band called uh, Strigoi with a great young guitarist named Mark Ross, uh, one of the best young guitarists I've seen, very maiden-like with serious vocalists, uh, serious musicians all, and they just went to town. Then they were followed by several other bands. And, and you know, uh, it was all about the benefit and Chris, and so I, I actually talked to some of the band members. I talked to Donnie from Strigoi, and this is kind of what he had to say about why they were there. Because we really like Kingslayer, really good friends with Chris and all the guys at Kingslayer. And so tell a little bit about the show. What's the show for? This is a benefit show for Chris from Kingslayer. Okay. He recently got diagnosed with MS, and we're all here tonight banding together to try to, like, you know, celebrate him and, yeah. you know, his accomplishments. And hopefully it's not an ending. Hopefully it's a beginning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Strigoi is a fairly new Sounds like a great time that evening, Brian. I've been to some festivals, but nine bands there at a bar like Brewski's must have been an amazing time. Oh, dude, they ran it like a, a festival. It was awesome. Like, they had two stages going, and so while you were checking out one band, there was another band setting up on a stage, 
in the next room in the other side of the building. And so you were just like, boom, 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 boom. It was very well put together. The sound was amazing. I couldn't believe how good the sound was in this tiny place. There wasn't a bad seat in the house. Uh, you had access to all the bands and access to all the fans. I mean, uh, another one of the bands that I saw there was Killing Grace, a very popular band from Nashville. They're very well known in that area. Man, I'm telling you, that was one of the best metal shows I have seen. That, those dudes knew how to play uh, to a crowd. I mean, in all the bands, they were great. I mean, you had bands like Planetary Overdrive. I actually talked to their drummer, Cameron, about the show also. Uh, kind of, and this is what he kind of had to say about Chris and the entire thing. What's the purpose of the show tonight? Why are you playing? Uh, we are playing for uh, Chris Leone of Kingslayer. Uh -huh. Help him out. It's a benefit show for him. He got diagnosed with MS, so we're out here to rock out for the cause. Excellent. Where, where's the band from? Uh, we're from Louisville. You're from Louisville. Okay. You know, I, I was Facebook friends with Mark Ross, who was a friend of the podcast before I ever knew about the band. And I'd heard about this kid and heard about the kid. He's 21. I heard about this guy and how good he was. And I've heard about Kingslayer. You had said how good they were. And so I was super excited to see them. And I'm telling you, dude, I was impressed. I mean, they just had this, you could tell that they had chemistry together. It reminded me of Beyond Duplication. Uh, was sort of a more of a Judas Priest painkiller type feel. And then you get this little dude that's about five foot six coming on stage, you know, and he takes his shirt off and, and he starts belting out these vocals that are incredible, man. I mean, he's very Halford-esque and uh, he just was, and that's Chris, the guy that the entire show is about. And I encourage you to catch our interview with Chris and his band Kingslayer that I had on the podcast that we just put up and hear what a great guy he is and what a, what a difficult time he's going through. And yet he doesn't let it stop him. He doesn't let it stop him from the metal brotherhood. So many good bands. It's definitely a night of metal brotherhood. And we want to join in on that and support Chris all we can. So I encourage you to check out that link and check out Kingslayer too. Let's get the music started this episode with a track by Knoxville, Tennessee meddlers war clown. Off their 2013 album, Devastation with a Smile, this is 10 Below.
dude, I'm telling you, man, at 10 Below, I got the chills with War Clown and that song. I listened to more songs off this album after hearing this song. They're freaking awesome. American Metal, Hard Rock, and Thrash all come together with War Clown. Check them out at Reverb Nation, CD Baby, or Platinum Palms Records. Now, Brian, I know you went to another show in October as well, another show before that benefit. You were angling for an interview with a classic thrash band. Oh, my gosh, man. I wanted this interview so bad. I, I, I missed it the first time because of some car trouble heading to Clarksville, man. Uh, but I uh, contacted the road manager, and she set me up again in, um, uh, in Atlanta, of all places, to see Death Angel, man. And they were opening for Anthrax and Slayer, man. And so I was so just pumped, man. I hadn't seen any of these bands. Three of my favorite just style, genre, metal bands. I was super excited, dude. And so I, I set up the interview, and I got there early, and I met Will from Death Angel and got to talk to him. And that interview is up on uh, uh, the podcast. You can check that out at SoundCloud. And, man, they were he was awesome interview, man. I mean, he just talked about what how great it was to play and play in this tour. And then I had a photo pass, and the show started. And, man, I went down front. And, okay, I, I've thought a lot about saying this and not saying this on this podcast, and I'm just going to say this. There were three freaking awesome bands on that stage that night. And to me, hands down, the best band was Death Angel. They were so good, man. I loved it. They sounded incredible. The show was incredible. The crowd was into it. It was an awesome show, dude. I've seen them before as well, a few years back on the bill with Anthrax and Testament in Louisville, Kentucky. I thought they were incredible. Such cool guys. They were meeting fans after the show, uh, taking photos, signing autographs, just really down to earth. And again, their performance, so strong. Uh, now, Brian, I understand at the show you saw, I understand you had some crazy shit happen to you at that show. Uh, Anthrax start to play... Got the time, which is my favorite anthrax song. So I started to run upstairs, and there's this girl I almost run over. She's sitting on the stairs crying. And after that, pretty much the evening is a haze, man. The next thing I remember basically is arguing with this girl about going back to my hotel room. And then the next morning I wake up, and I'm missing 120 bucks, man. <laughs> Sounds like you brought the 80s metal spirit to this show, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. Had you rolling with the skank at that show? Oh, I, that I, I, also, I remembered I did get kicked out of the venue again, but it was after the show because I was wandering around upstairs, and this very angry lesbian girl threw me out. But anyway, yeah, I did. I got kicked out because the bar wasn't open, and there was a tap there, and uh, anyway. Suffice to say, I'm not sure I'm allowed back in the tabernacle in Atlanta. We'll see. But it was a great show. That's the bottom line. And I got to see the band that I wanted to see the most, which was Death Angel. I remember like general things like the crowd just screaming god hates us all it was so intense man i almost got in a fight because i was trying to pull tape off this floor and it was under this dude's foot and he was mad and there was that part and that's about it that's all i remember <laughs> that's a very trunnel thing to happen so there it is for what it's worth i got my interview with the best band which i thought was the best band of the night and got to see two other kick-ass thrash legends that i'd never seen before it was a lot of fun, man. A definite, definite do again. Brian, here's another great metal song. From their 2014 album, Dreadful, is The Shattered Clock by French symphonic aggressors Osinor. 
and listen, dude, Oh So Nor was oh so good. You know, there, there's not a lot of symphonic stuff I, I, I'm crazy about, but if a band can keep my attention, I'm all in. And I was all in with this song. I really liked it. It was a good pick, actually. Brian, I know you're not a huge fan of symphonic metal, so that does say something. And indeed, we've been talking about different styles and, and bands and albums and are working towards our upcoming list of best metal albums of 2016. I know I have my list partially done, still kind of kicking around who's at the top and who to keep in uh, right at the Now, let's be clear. We're talking about the best albums of 2016 and not 1986, right? 1986 is dead and gone, and, and those, those Oh, those tapes are so Atlanta. awesome. I was listening to my cassette player in my car on the way to Atlanta. I was listening to 80s metal. It was awesome. You know it. You love it. I was there. I saw you headbanging. It does not surprise me that you're still listening to music on cassette tape. That you wish you had a cassette all. player. You know it. Brian, each week we put up on uh, the Great Metal Debate Facebook page a question of the week, and... A couple of weeks ago, the question was, what does it mean for a metal band yeah, to make it? Yeah. I mean, it, that's a really good question. I think it is a fluid answer. That's, that's, I mean, I'm not sure that making it these days is what making it was back in the heyday and the glory day of metal back in the 1980s. I mean, we could probably agree on that much at least, right? I don't think that the 80s were glory days, Brian, but... I, I think it's an interesting question, nonetheless, and I was intrigued by some responses that we had and takes from from different people, and indeed, one response, which was that, that equated making it to being played on the radio, top 40, but that making it for a metal band could be appreciated as part of pop culture. I, I mean... I'm not sure that all radio is pop culture. With Cirrus and some of the special stations they have these days, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a given at all. I, I don't have a problem with a band being played on the radio at all. I don't have a problem saying a band that's played on the radio has achieved some sort of uh, uh, notoriety in some way, shape, or form. At least fans are appreciating what they do. i got no problem if fans appreciate it. Uh, is that making it? I don't know. I mean, there are lots of local bands and local metal that gets played on local radio, and that's okay. It promotes them in that area. Uh, making it, I, I don't know. I mean, that's just a super tough definition these days. To me, it's very simple. I think a band has made it when that can be where when their love of music can be their livelihood, where they don't have to have other jobs, where they can tour, produce music, and they're not having to pay to make that happen. If they're at least breaking even as the band, the music, as their full-time gig, their profession, to me, that's the definition of a band making it. If by making it you mean making millions of dollars and jetting around, that's not making it, that's selling out. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't label that as selling out. I get your point there, but I, I think that in order to get played by millions these days, you're not going to make it if you're a metal band, that's for sure. But then you've got bands like Iron Core Resistance. They play locally here out of Benton, Kentucky, and they go all over. They go to St. Louis. They travel far. They have day jobs or night jobs that they work at. Music is definitely what they do second. DJ talks about, you know, we're not out here to make money or do that. We're out here to play in front of people. 
and to make metal. And, and, and maybe that's his definition of make it. I got no problem if he defines it that way. I, I go back and strike me down, metal gods, but I go back to what you said about how does a band define themselves? Are they metal? And have they made it? And I think that definition, at least for the making it, should be left up to them. We have one more song in this episode off their latest CD. Here is Endemize with the title track to the album, Anathema.
Dude, after I, you know, listen to that again, I want to go light some black candles and sacrifice a cat. Is that wrong? Or should I be worried about that? Endemize just released this album, Anathema. You should go uh, check it out online, their Bandcamp site and on Facebook. Get that great album. Pretty good stuff, man. I actually kind of liked it. Listen, man, all these shows that I've been to, I just want to thank Liz at Earsplit PR. She's been great to the podcast. She always gets me in the shows that I gets me the interviews that I want. Check out Earsplit PR. That's it for this show. Remember, you can listen into every single episode of The Great Metal Debate on SoundCloud and iTunes. That's also where you can check out all our artist interviews and fan cast through those media, as well as on our YouTube page. And don't forget to join in the metal debate by liking our page on Facebook. Yeah, go climb back up on your cross, you snob metal dick. Until the next time, sell your soul for metal and defend it till your dying day. (laughs) 